Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. You cannot start a college football season without talking to a man who it feels like picks the ACC championship matchup every year. I mean, I got to give him his due. The man and, is a wizard. And every year, I think he messes up when it's preseason. And by the end of the season, he is validated. He is Josh Graham, host of The Drive WSJS in Winston-Salem. And he joins us to talk week one college football, preview the ACC season. Graham, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm the baddest mother bleeper in radio, Mac and Bone. <laughs> That's what I am. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. You got you got a little Smith Marset in your game. I, I gotta see, tell my you, friend. it sounds it sounds good, but when you have to actually say the word bleeper, it doesn't come across as well. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm probably not worth a not quite as cool. Um, not. I'm gonna. <laughs> I want to start. We, we'll, we'll get into the week one matchups in North and South Carolina and all that, but I want to. Start with your ACC matchup. You have gotten to the point where I, this doesn't sound right. I was going to say value your opinion. Like, I, I, don't, I don't want you to think I didn't always, but like, you <laughs> what were a like, compliment that is. <laughs> I didn't phrase that the right way, but you have, how many, how many years in a row is it? It's at least like three that you have nailed the ACC championship game matchup. Um, how do you do it? And who's your pick this year? You're right. Now that I think about it, it was Notre Dame, uh, Clemson in the COVID year. Yeah. I was the only one to pick Pitt in 2021. And then 2022, we, we were on North Carolina when everybody got burned by them in 2021. So, yeah, it's three straight years. This year, I'm on the Clemson Tigers to win the ACC. I don't buy into any of the Florida State hype. And I think they're going to face Miami. I know, I know, I know. Last year, is the U is back. This kind of reminds me a lot of North Carolina a year ago. And I think in college football, the hype always comes a year before the productivity. And I think that's something you have to remember if you're an SEC fan talking about Texas A&M and laughing about how things didn't work out for them last year. That's a sleeper in the SEC West that you should really watch out for when you talk about all that talent that's still around. There are a lot of four- and five-star dudes on this Miami roster and they brought in the offensive coordinator from Houston, who we know, one of Dana's guys that can really spread things out with Tyler Van Dyke, who's still at quarterback. There's a lot of talent on this team. If you want to look at what Mario Cristobal can do in his second year, look at what he did his second year at Oregon, where they took a massive jump. I think Miami is flying under the radar screen in a major way right now. So the Canes, the Canes are my pick. And I went back and looked to see if anybody else had that. I don't think anybody else was with me on the Canes getting to the ACC championship game. So see, let's see, let's see if it happens again. Yeah, see, I want to argue and I want to, I want to say no, but I'm afraid now because I know. yeah, he I, makes us I, look I wanna, foolish. I want to mock your selection, but I, that's true. We just built you up as the ACC championship game guru. Just let Graham cook, right? <laughs> uh, before we get to the matchups in Week One here, we were just talking about Wake Forest in our last segment. I think it's probably going to be business as usual, despite no Sam Hartman. I like the schedule early, how it plays 
plays out. Do you expect Wake to kind of, Josh, be what they've been the last handful of years under Dave Clawson? That's a very interesting um, expression you use, business as usual. How do you define it? That Wake Forest, you can almost put them down for around eight wins or so, and they'll find a way to get there. I buy that because I think, and that's an amazing thing, by the way. If you think about Wake Forest football, like what we grew up with, Wake Forest football being just business as usual, winning seven or eight games, that's an amazing accomplishment from Dave Clawson, and that should not be uh, um, underscored. I, I think... That's, I think that's a really good way to put it. I, I, I think this is a standard year for Wake, where you lose a lot of the guys in the familiar names, and that happens. It's happening all across college football when you had extra years because of the COVID season that everybody got free. But when you look at the guys who are playing this year that you might not know their name, they've been in the program at Wake Forest for three and in often cases four years, and they're just now getting their opportunity. Like Dave was telling us the other day, that there is a sixth-year player, there is a fifth-year player who is getting their first opportunity to start right now, who've been in the program a really long time. And I think the perfect example is Mitch Griffiths. When you talk about a quarterback that is in his third year in the system and has three more years left of eligibility. So when people say, oh, no, this guy's falling, Sam Hartman, he went to Notre Dame, look how great he looks on Saturday, wait for it, he's not going to be up to snuff without this quarterback. Remember... Dave Clawson, since arriving in 2014, has almost exclusively started freshman quarterbacks right out of the gate. Like, John Wolford was a true freshman when he started. Uh, Sam Hartman was a true freshman. Jamie Newman that one year was a true freshman. This is the first time that Dave's had a quarterback in the system for three years when they took over as a starter. So I wouldn't be that concerned about Mitch Griffiths, to use your words again. I, I think it is business as usual for Wake. All right, uh, Josh Kramer is with us, WSJS in Winston-Salem. He has given us, he's getting ripped for his Miami Hurricane pick, but this is what happens. That's what he, he does, man. He makes the pick, he what gets he shredded, and then he tells you, I told you so, later man, on. He keeps receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, we're at least going to wait till he's off the air to rip his case. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. at least going to do that. Um, the U is not back. The U is number two. Put your, put your hands up. The U is number two. I think, I think they're number two also, but not the way you're, trying, <laughs> the way to do you're a, saying. trying to do a U symbol with twos up. <laughs> All right, don't break your fingers over there. Don't hurt complex, yes. um, what do you think? Let's talk about this weekend a little bit. What do you think about uh, North Carolina and South Carolina? I really feel like it's a hard pick to make. Like, I'm still not sure. They feel very even to me. Do you feel the same way, or, or, is, this, or is this one easier for you? It is even. Like, these are almost the same exact teams. When you consider that last year, North Carolina averaged 34 a game, allowed 30 a game. South Carolina scored 32 a game, allowed 28 a game. Uh, They're both bringing their quarterbacks back. They're both replacing an offensive coordinator. They both, I mean, South Carolina won eight games in the SEC East. North Carolina won nine games in the ACC Coastal. Uh, These are very similar teams that are replacing a lot, but... I do think without Tez Walker, which we still have no clarity whether or not he's going to be able to go on Saturday, and the fact that they're trying to replace Josh Downs and Antoine Green, North Carolina doesn't have a juice wells like South Carolina does. And South Carolina has – I think South Carolina has the edge. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. When I look at the uh, spread, I get it. It's Mac Brown and it's Drake Bay, and that's why North Carolina's favored by two and a half. But I think the wrong team might be favored here. I, I think South Carolina – 
because of those two wins they had in November and how North Carolina closed the year with four straight losses, I'd be I'd lean more saying that South Carolina is heading in the right direction or South Carolina should be favored in this game. But I do agree it's close. I don't say that with any level of conviction. I just think South Carolina probably has the edge. I'm going to change my wording of this question here for you up next, so bear with me here. How much of a chance do you give Clemson to beat Duke on Monday night? <laughs> uh no, Clemson's going to win the game. And I think, I, I think Clemson hears how all offseason people are talking about Duke and how Clemson's not going to be, you know, they're not going to be a juggernaut in the league anymore and all this Florida State stuff. But they're going to be on national TV on Labor Day Monday. And I just got a sneaky suspicion that the skill position players are going to be really good this year because Antonio Williams impressed me when I watched him last year when he was healthy. And you're going to be healthy right out of the gate. And you, they actually have receivers, and you have Will Shipley, and you have Garrett Riley now calling the place for TCU. I, my, my head tells me that it's going to be a close game, low scoring, and Duke's going to keep this competitive. But my body, my body is telling me that it's going to be Clemson showing the nation that they really are a national contender. <laughs> he is. He is you one know, of the state's he, most renowned karaoke see, singers, baby. When we when we talk ACC with people, we're not getting that out of West Durham right there, are we? <laughs> Kelsey Riggs is on tomorrow. She's not singing to us. No, not going to happen. Texters, the texters are going to love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're already, they're already loving you for that Canes pick. This texter says, this guy's picks are just mother bleeping bad. That is from Glenn. He's been on uh, fire uh, for like three straight years man what are we gonna do about it we can't stop even we can't stop the grand train says yeah right here we go again the u is back um uh, so there you go um the U this, is number two <laughs> <laughs> um all right last last thing we'll ask you about is uh the florida state lsu game this is this is one i feel really strongly about and i don't know if you're going to disagree on it I, I really like LSU. Like, I think LSU could be a, a second playoff team out of the SEC this year. And Florida State, I think they're getting a bit overhyped. Are you with me on that or are you disagreeing? 100% I'm with you, Max. Oh, LSU is going to win. I think LSU is going to win the national championship. Um, the last three coaches who have been, the last three coaches before Brian Kelly at LSU all won national titles. If Ed Orgeron could win a national championship, uh, if Miles could win a national championship, <laughs> then the guy who is probably overachieving at Notre Dame can 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 uh, win a national title when having more resources at his disposal and no limitations when it comes to transfers and academics. Watch out for the Tigers with Jaden Daniels back and Harold Perkins on the edge. But getting into the game, yeah, Florida State is over hype. Every year, fade the trendy team in the ACC. Every year. A year ago, it was Miami. A year before that, it was North Carolina. Oh, they're the preseason number 10. And this year, it's undoubtedly the Seminoles, even though Florida State, every year since 2014, has lost at least three conference games. Not even talking about out-of-conference matchups like this one against LSU. Three conference games. Like, Wake Forest has been better in the ACC than, than Florida State's been the last five years. So, 
I'm just going to have to see it to believe it. I get it. They have a lot of talent back. I know why people are hyping them up. It is a brand name, and it's good for the ACC if, if Florida State is back. But it, it's just one of these things we do. You can't just say a team's going to be fine anymore and that be okay and satisfy a fan base that's as obnoxious as Florida State's fan base is. Like, it's just you, – you, can, you can't say – Oh, yeah, you're going to be a nine-win team. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be happy with that? No, they're not because they're talking national championships and college football playoffs. But that is what that is what Florida State is when they're going I love it. to Clemson. I love when they it. are facing LSU. They're a nine-win team. You redeemed yourself, man. And you are a, you are a good or, fellow Orioles fan, so I should I should not be too well, hard we on you. we got to go now, don't we? Know, does, what does, a baseball does, season, does, Grammy! Someone said Graham's 2024 pick is Stanford-Miami for the ACC championship. <laughs> Oh, that's well played. Well played. All right, Josh Graham, listen to him in Winston-Salem, WSJS. And he's a great Twitter follow as well. The takes are also, the takes are warm on Twitter too. They're entertaining on Twitter. At Josh Graham Show. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. O-R-I-O-L-E-S. Magic, magic. Oh, I'm the only one singing. All right, Graham, take it easy, brother. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. All right, let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Mike Golick Jr. joins us. He's on Twitter, at Mike Golick Jr., and he has a new show you should absolutely check out, Gojo and Golick on DraftKings. You can catch him live on YouTube in the morning. Mike, how's the new show going? So far, so good. Three days in, we haven't killed each other again, so that's a big win for everybody involved. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to ask about as well. Like, you've hosted shows with your dad before, but now you two have something you can call your own. When you were making your way in the industry, was it a dream to just work in sports media at a high level, or was the ultimate dream actually working with your dad on a show at a high level? I think that was one of those things we didn't realize would be an opportunity when it got to be one. Like, you know, I think like a lot of people, I was appreciative of, you know, just an entry point into sports media and one I had largely because of my dad. And I just wanted to work in whatever capacity to stay there, you know, make sure I'm an undrafted free agent at heart always the way I was in football. So my goal was to make sure my badge worked every day and make sure I did enough to have the company view me that way too. And then somewhere along the way, dad and I got to call a college football game together and we're like, oh, this is pretty cool. The chance to actually do something like this while we're both still at it. And then the morning show happened my last few years at ESPN, and we really got a taste for how cool it was to be able to do that day-to-day, how much we both enjoyed it. So when the opportunity popped up again here at DraftKings, 
it was something we already knew we liked, we already knew how to do, and now I had a partner that was, you know, going to let us do that again, so we will both jump at the opportunity. Well, right, like, you both have been doing some form of sports media for a while now, obviously your dad having done it forever with the legendary Mike and Mike. Do you feel you or your dad are any different with each other when hosting uh, compared to others that you're hosting with? Like, there's a very close relationship that others can't replicate because it's father and son. Uh, That can change the dynamic in so many ways that might not be so easy to tell from a consumer standpoint oh yeah i mean you know you you know there are very few boundaries and i think for everyone you know when you get started hosting with someone i mean hell even look at dag green they hosted together for 18 years they had a level of chemistry they had you know the things that made that show successful but it still can't replicate you know being raised by someone i mean the guy saw my first steps he i think gave me my first sip of beer at some point you know all the the little things along the way that are not only reference points there, but also you you know everyone's strengths and weaknesses. You know where they're going to go. You know how to set them up in a right way that nobody else can do. That you know we're all trying to replicate with hosts we work with the industry. And I've worked with tons of talented people, plenty of close friends of mine. But it's just really hard to get to that level that you have when it's father and son or relatives in general. And then, Mike, when you talk about working with your dad, I have a son that likes to do content as well. Does he ever pull rank on you? Like if you want to do something that he doesn't and then he gets on the dad tone with you? Oh, all the time. It's He's such a diva now. It's unbelievable. He went from, you know, my dad's the son of a bricklayer. My grandpa was a bricklayer in Willowick, Ohio. And my dad and his brothers grew up in Northeast Ohio and all that stuff. So, you know, you these hardworking blue collar guys, 20 years in the media. Oh, he was complaining about, oh, his name wasn't on the show at first. Now he's complaining his name's not first in the show. And if we're going to talk about something, he's, oh, yeah, he's, he's a full-blown diva now. Don't let him tell you any different or put on this hardworking Midwestern hat right now. He loves to pull rank and throw his almost three decades of media experience in my face whenever he gets the chance. All right, Mike, so I have to ask you, I I did watch the game Saturday, and I saw you online gushing over Sam Hartman. Did you make the trip to Ireland? How excited were you about the way they play? Because you know I'm a Wake Forest uh, football alum, and so definitely are well-versed in everything Sam Hartman, but I saw you gushing over him, so just wanted to get your take on everything, and what, what do you think about them so far? It was really encouraging, and you mentioned you know Sam really well. I got to cover Sam a few times at Wake Forest, and you're getting ready for the games, and you're going back, and you're reading about him, and you're watching tape about him. You get to see him live, and all these things pop about his game, right? He's a guy who can make a ton of throws, was used to making them in high-pressure situations in that slow mesh, and has played a ton of college football, left the ACC as the all-time leader in touchdown passes, all the things that we do. But it was still walking into a situation that was different than what he'd experienced for the last five years. It wasn't even the same coordinator that he technically committed to play for, Tommy Reese leaving for Alabama, Jared Parker taking over, coming as the tight ends coach at Notre Dame last year, and working with a young receiver core. There's just a lot of variables around him that I wasn't going to be sure how seamless the integration would be right away. But I think you saw the benefit of Sam's leadership twofold. One was, hey, the guy with the enough experience to – See things happening at full speed and have the game look slow, right? Pressure situations, Navy zero blitzing him. He knows exactly where his eyes need to be. He gets himself out of trouble. He makes big plays for the team. But as much as anything, and you know this too, having a great quarterback or a great player really at any position where you know he's not only going to take care of his job, but he's going to make everybody else's job around him so much easier, it lets everyone else play with a comfort and freedom that is hard to really 
quantify, but you know it when you see it. And for me, it was seeing how clean the execution was for the Notre Dame offense, not seeing guys turned loose, seeing play calls in the right spots, having so much available to you to call as a play caller because you've got a veteran quarterback who could do so much. I thought that was what really stood out was how clean a game it was for Notre Dame and how much of that you can draw a line back to Sam Hartman because of. Mike Golick Jr. joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Has a new show with his dad, Gojo and Golick. You can check it out on DraftKings. Mike, I wanted to get your impressions on Bryce Young and what the Panthers have done in the preseason so far. It's been really impressive to watch uh, Bryce. And I think heartening to watch a lot of this rookie class quarterback, specifically the first rounders, because it makes you not feel crazy as a college football fan and watcher, right? This is the exact Bryce Young that I saw at Alabama, right? incredible high-functioning NFL accuracy is going to put the ball in the places that not only allow for completions, but give his receivers the best opportunity to do something with it after. Understanding, yes, he's never been the biggest guy, and so doing a good job buying time in the pocket, maneuvering well in there, being able to get around and find windows around his offensive line. As many people pointed out in the pre-draft process, including him, He's been this size for a long time. He's played with other bigger bodies for a long time, and so that's not a lot new for him. And I think you saw a lot of the things that made him the number one overall pick in the draft, despite some of the concerns about where he lies in the measurables. Mike, so also, too, when we talk about the preseason for Bryce Young and how he's looked, and we were both offensive linemen, so uh, have you been privy to the way that the line played, and does that worry you about what type of rookie season Bryce could have if this offensive line underwhelms? Man, yeah, that was quietly, and you you looked around with each of these quarterbacks and their situations, and I remember when the draft happened, and I saw specifically for the top three guys, right? C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. I said, all right, the Colts' offensive line was sort of Jekyll and Hyde in the last couple of years, but it's got the same personnel that were one of the best units in, in football in 2021, so he might be a little bit safer than normal. C.J. Stroud, hey, Laramie Tunsil just signed another one of those market-setting deals. He's got one of the best tackles in football and a pretty solid group in front of him. He'll be decently well-protected. And Bryce Young, they're bringing back all five starters off a group that by the end of last season in Carolina, especially in the ground game, started to look like one of the strengths of the team. And then you get to the preseason, and we see a bit of regression. Now, more early than late, Ike Aquano, I think, started to look better overall towards the end of the preseason. But there was a lot more pressure on Bryce Young than I anticipated, knowing the parts that make up that group. I'm still hopeful that when it gets to the regular season, we'll have enough time and enough familiarity now with that group getting ready and used to playing with a different quarterback under center, right? A guy who is going to move around and do things the way that Bryce does that we'll get better results out of that. But I definitely was a little more concerned than I was walking into the preseason after seeing the performance of that group. Mike Golick Jr. with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Golick Jr. And Mike, I have to say, too, another thing of Lyman is that we love to eat. And I saw you guys' fast food power rankings. And your dad's looked a lot more well-traveled because he had more places on there I'd never heard of. But I have to say, I'm going to give you the nod. Taco Bell would be in my top five, not necessarily number one, but you hit on the keys for me. The Wendy's, the Five Guys, the McDonald's, Chick Fil A. I mean, I, I oh, couldn't Taco argue Bell's with one, you on that. That's so I know good. that's one for you for yeah, sure. But absolutely, I had to give you a salute on that, man. I I, I give you the nod for the win there. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know what? Yeah, Dad, Dad's had money for a little bit too long, and so he goes to places <laughs> that are around him, and a little bit more on the bougie side. I, I wanted to hit the places 
that you could get anywhere. You can walk into pretty much any city, and you're going to be able to find those, and they're going to be that beacon in the night. And Taco Bell at number one, yeah, I'm with you. It's I think a consensus top five. It's just tied to so many very blurry memories for me. Taco <laughs> Bell and that beautiful purple sign at like two in the morning had been my saving grace for a lot of my early 20s. And it'd been something that me and a lot of my friends, it just we always found our way home to that saving light of the Baja Blast or a grilled stuffed beef burrito or the Crunch Wrap Supreme. You just have so many <laughs> unique menu items, and it's always the same consistency, which for some people might not be great, but for me, works out perfectly. Oh, yeah. I mean, bring back the cheesy double beef. Those are the glory days, especially with the old school logo of Taco Bell. My biggest problem is, Mike, I don't know if you have this problem. It took me about eight years to not panic order because they always have different options. I never know what I'm going to get. You can always keep it under 10 bucks and get a ton of burritos and tacos and all that stuff. But I still feel like every once in a while I revert back to panic ordering. Yeah, no, and you know, when in doubt, it's, it's good to kind of have a foundation that you can go to when it's the panic order because there are things I'm always going to get, right? There's always going to be a couple of Crunchwrap Supremes in there. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be the quesadillas in there, which I think the queso they use in that is something fierce. It's got a little bit of kick to it there. It's sort of like I would explain the difference between like a Duke's mayonnaise and any other brand of mayonnaise. Is It's got that little extra twang. I'm not being paid by Duke's. I just genuinely believe it's the, it's the superior mayonnaise. And so it's got that little extra twang to it like they advertise. I think the Taco Bell queso in the um, quesadillas has a little extra twang to it and thus makes it one of those things that no matter who I'm with, our group especially, because like you said, you can order Taco Bell for an army of 30 people and it's still not going to crack $100. And you always get a couple of quesadillas. No one's ever mad at that. No, it's a great Taco Bell take. It's got a little spice. No, 100%. It's got the kick that he was talking about. Final one. Uh, I did want to ask you this real quickly before we got you out of here, Mike. We've seen you test certain products before. I remember the man Spanx you sported and revealed it all to the Twitterverse. We now have an underwear line. Launched by, yes, Oklahoma QB General Booty. My question is, are you going to rock General Booty underwear and give a report for the people to digest? I feel like it's sort of my responsibility now, yeah, right? It feels in this like day it. and age of name, image, and likeness, and all of the different entry points to the market we've got for athletes now, I am not going to try and stand in the way of making them money. But at the same time, if we're going to be consumers and spend money on this stuff, as someone who now gets to travel, you know, travel the country, calling college football games on radio with Learfield. I feel like I've got the unique opportunity to be boots on the ground and make sure I let people know if they're getting a quality product or if we need to hold out for the next iteration of the booty bloodline here to see if they've reimagined the technology going into the pants by the time his son major gets to college. Or booty on the ground, if you will. Maybe that's yes. maybe that's a hashtag you want to roll <laughs> with. Mike Golick Jr. on Twitter. Find him in the general booty underwear on Twitter, at Mike Golick Jr. He has a new show. Check it out. Gojo and Golick. It's on DraftKings. You can catch him live as well on YouTube. Just had a live broadcast at 8 a.m. It's still in its infant stage. Only three shows, so make sure you go check it out before it gets big and you get to be the hippie that says you were on him way before everybody else else was mike we appreciate the time man thank you so much thanks fellas appreciate you having me you can hear wes and walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next only on sports radio 92.7 wfnc the exclusive home of the charlotte sports fan mcdonald's is not new to chicken 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Danny Morrison back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Danny, it's good to have you back, man. Good to see you yesterday. Great. Enjoyed seeing you as well. It was uh, quite a nice uh, celebration of the ACC coming to Charlotte. And um, it was fun to see all the flags raised and having the ACC now here in Charlotte. Yeah, Danny, I've joked once or twice already that it wasn't as much fun for me because the only flag that wouldn't go up at first was my Virginia Tech flag, and you had to jump in to make sure it got up, so I appreciate that. Well, we double-teamed it, so uh, <laughs> it worked out well, and uh, it, it was it was great, and it was kind of fun doing the Virginia Tech t- uh, uh, flag with my relationship with Mike Young, who's the head basketball coach there. Yeah, he's the best, isn't he? He's awesome. Such a great guy. All right, so uh, like you, since you brought it up, we're talking about it. What is the significance, in your own words, of the ACC now being headquartered in Charlotte after you know fifty years of you know being a green sixty years or more of being in Greensboro? Well, they actually went to Greensboro in '53, so seventy years. Good in Lord, Greensboro. you're right. Yeah, seventy years in Greensboro, and they had a wonderful relationship. And Greensboro is a great place, and. Uh, but it was uh, it's a, it's a it, Charlotte's the right place. Uh, World class airport, a vibrant community, all the uh, things that are happening in the uptown, and them now being at Legacy Union across the street from Bank of America Stadium, and close access to Truist Field, and close access to Spectrum Center. It's just it's a Charlotte's a perfect fit, and doesn't mean Greensboro wasn't really important because um, I grew up in, well, I went to high school in Burlington, so I had fond memories of going over to the Greensboro Coliseum and all the ACC events that were held there. Um, But we're thrilled to have them in Charlotte, and uh, we're looking forward to working with them on on a lot of different things. Well, and I know you can't give a lot of it away, but one of the big things that's coming up, of course, is North Carolina, South Carolina on Saturday. And we'll get to that in just a second. But how how can them being here now full time in Uptown at the Bank of America Tower, you know, help to to grow those things, to amplify the the partnership between the conference and the city? I guess what I'm asking is, what more can you do now between the Sports Foundation and the ACC now that they're just next door to you? Well, we've always had a good relationship with the ACC. John Swafford was great. and Jim Phillips has hit the ground running and is doing a, a wonderful job. And with all their championships, there there's likely to be an opportunity for us to do more in that area and work together and, and bring uh, more than just like football and basketball and baseball to Charlotte. So there's a, there's a lot of opportunity there and, Again, we work really well with their staff. They've got a 
uh, a, a, a talented group, and we got a talented young group, and we, we mesh well. I love it. Danny Morrison, executive director of the Charlotte Sports Foundation. He's with us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. So as far as the preparations for North Carolina, South Carolina go, it's going to be a big scene in Uptown on Saturday. Anybody who's been around, it's going to start Friday with all these fans pouring in, I'm sure. But college game day is going to be here, which just adds, I'm sure, to the logistics and you know all your planning. But what goes into this to get such a high-profile event ready in a city like Charlotte? Well, Charlotte certainly uh, sets up well. When people come to Uptown Charlotte, you park your car, great hotels, great restaurants, fun things to do. And so everybody that, I mean, what's happened over the years is people have come to Charlotte, uh, just go back to the Clemson-Georgia game two years ago with uh, actually the uh, uh, the highest hotel night ever in Charlotte, and ever is a long time. Wow. And so that word gets out. Uh, people are coming here. They're having a good time. Uh, we got a great stadium at Bank of America Stadium. I I still think it's one of the best open-air stadiums in all of America. And we have a great relationship with the Panthers and Tepper Sports and Entertainment. And, you know, when you have game day coming in at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning and primetime ABC 7.30 that night, I think it speaks to the magnitude of this game, a very important game for both teams, a lot of excitement in both fan bases two Heisman Trophy candidate uh, quarterbacks. So it's got all the ingredients for a great game, and it looks like, uh, knock on wood, that we're going to have amazing weather on Saturday and uh, things set up for a pretty special day. Danny Morrison, Charlotte Sports Foundation. He's with us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. How do you go into selecting these games because sometimes it's the in-state team sometimes it's you know regional opponents from neighboring states west virginia tennessee virginia tech clemson like what goes into the scheduling of these games and how do you make those decisions well again we have a really talented staff that's always um looking for opportunities uh clemson georgia when when that came together a few years ago that came together pretty fast uh the North Carolina, South Carolina has been on the books for a few years. And then NC State, Tennessee is a relatively recent one. And, again, it goes back to the good work with our folks identifying what may be a really good opportunity. And then we talked to the two ADs, and uh, Tennessee and NC State's a good example. Danny White and uh, Boo Corrigan, uh, they saw it as being a, a great fit, being in Charlotte. Again, two fan bases that can drive here. And so we, we try to uh, look for what might be compelling matchups. Uh, our mission's pretty simple here. Bring high-profile sporting events to Charlotte that have economic impact and add to the quality of life. And um, So we're continuing to do that. And we also will do some things uh, that just as important, like the Dukes-Mayo Classic last year, HBCU games, really important game with a 100-year anniversary of the North Carolina Central and the A&T rivalry. We have that coming back in 27. Uh, we'll have some games where or some weekends like we did back in 21 where we may even have two games. We had, uh, of course, App State-East Carolina game on a Thursday night and then Clemson-Georgia on a Saturday night. 
So that's what we look to do. I guess another good example is uh, the women's basketball event we've got coming here for the Ally tip-off on November 9th. Yeah. Again, our staff was just brainstorming after the NCAA women's basketball tournament and said, wonder if we can uh, get Iowa to come to Charlotte. So we started working on that. And, of course, you got great programs in our area like South Carolina and Virginia Tech and North Carolina, NC State, and the list goes on and on. And it worked out well from a uh, timing standpoint. Virginia Tech had an opening that time as well. And so we got two Final Four teams coming, Caitlin Clark. And uh, we think that's going to be have really a lot of interest uh, here in Charlotte. Oh, it's good. I can't wait for that. It's going to be amazing. Danny Danny Morrison, Charlotte Sports Foundation. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, you, you, talk, you talked about a lot of things, your aim as an organization, the things that you try to bring to the city. If we look out over the next five, six years, Danny, uh, we've had conversations recently about um, a new stadium. We know David Tepper would like to have one. Obviously, there's a push from your organization and elsewhere, Tepper Sports and Entertainment, to bring more and more and more here all the time. Five years from now. What do you think we're looking at, both in terms of stadium, infrastructure, the flow of sporting events coming to Charlotte? What is your organization's goal over the next five years? Because, I mean, Charlotte's done nothing but grow and transform for a long time now, and I I can't imagine that's slowing down anytime soon. Well, I don't think so that it'll slow down at all. And Charlotte's always been aggressive, and we've had great harmony. I, I, I say it often that that's our secret sauce. Uh, from the CRVA to the city to the county to the relationship with the Panthers and Bank of America Stadium and relationship with the Hornets and Fred Whitfield and uh, the Spectrum Center, and then you go to the Truist Field. And we just have great relationships with, uh, with uh, and everybody works together. Nobody cares who gets the credit. The facts are it takes everybody to make uh, these events possible and make them work. And great facilities are are a critical part of that. And so facilities need to stay current. Uh, They need to be continually improved and maintained. And and Charlotte's done that well over the years and certainly uh, will continue to to do that. And, you know, there's excitement about the tennis possibility uh, out there. And... Uh, with the tournament that's in Cincinnati, and they've done a great job in Cincinnati for a long, long time, but sure would be nice if uh, able to secure that for Charlotte. It'd be amazing. Now, Danny, before I let you go, uh, you, you got a feeling about Saturday, North Carolina. They could both use a win here. they got different sets of momentum coming in. Mac Brown pointed that out a few days ago, but uh, pretty good matchup. Well, what you got to tell you, North Carolina, South Carolina? It's a great matchup important game for both. I do think this, um, it, it'll really be a, a catapult uh, winner, but I don't think it'll have uh, a, a, a necessarily a negative effect on the loser. There's a lot of time left in the season. and So hopefully it's a great game. Um, I've got degrees from both schools, so I guess I'll just uh, <laughs> stay neutral on that one. Yeah, I thought you might, but I wanted to see where you'd go with that. I don't blame you. That's a it's a very diplomatic answer to the question. Any tickets available, by the way, for anybody who might be uh, wanting to come last minute? Yeah, DukesMayoClassic.com. Uh, we feel like we're going to have a great crowd. We believe it'll be over 60,000. Uh, fun day, beautiful day, so people should come out and enjoy 
uh, a great college football game. I love it. All right, now I really will let you go on this, but given your experience with the Panthers, any thoughts on Bryce Young now? Got a lot of excited fans about the uh, the Bryce Young era starting here with the Panthers. I think everybody's excited to Bryce, about Bryce Young. He's handled himself beautifully and uh, rave reviews from people that have watched him practice and uh, all of the intangible things that he brings to the table. So a lot of excitement about the opening of the Panthers season as well. All right. Like I said, great to see you yesterday, my friend. We'll talk soon. Great. Thanks. Take care. Danny Morrison, Charlotte Sports Foundation Executive Director, former team former team president of the Carolina Panthers with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.